Welcome to the Daily Combat Podcast. The Daily Combat Podcast is brought to you as always by Olympic hopeful turned boxer and all-round sporting polymath Isabella Rossitano, arm wrestling influencer Hollywood Matt Connolly, and combat sports ring announcer Dave Stockbridge. So join Izzy, Dave, and Matt as we talk about the world of combat sports on this episode of the Daily Combat Podcast. Yeah. Actually, did you see? Um, it was probably ten years ago. Somebody broke in. Somebody broke into Hague's <laughs> on Jetty Road uh, in Gwinnell. Like they broke in through the roof. They stole money and stuff like that. But they also stole some of the chocolates <laughs> but they bit into a few of the chocolates and they got caught from dental records are didn't even finish it I'm not oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea of just like biting something and leaving it there why would you do that like yeah, yeah as you said Dave's giving me forget the money these scorched almonds are delicious <laughs> 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 awesome Strong men seen leaving Hague's chocolates <laughs> at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> know anything about Hague's chocolates breaking? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, here we go. There we go. <laughs> this is just quiet. Shit. That's great. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Hollywood Matt Connolly with the double biceps. It's in the contract. I don't have any control over the contract. I just have to do it. It's written in there. I don't make the rules. Uh, one of the hosts of the Daily Combat podcast uh you're joined today by uh co-host the day winner of the dave stockbridge of the year 47 years in a row it is in fact dave stockbridge uh and uh, also we are joined by our a special guest a host uh who is uh, made it back to south australia found the map found where to go it is actually here in adelaide i think she uh, walked ran the yeah, way yeah uh, fresh from a 200 kilometer uh walk run or mickey rock as we were yes. talking about last time on the episode it's isabella rossitano thank you thank and uh our first ever episode guest uh returning making his return to the show it is in fact strongman one of australia's strongest men Jordan Biggie Stefan. So welcome back to the show. It's good to have you back. It's great to be back. What mate, what intros you guys give? This like I said, can we just cut it now and I'm happy to leave? That was just the best part. That intro is great. What people gotta understand is that you're five of them deep. Oh right yeah. Now, that's right, so yeah. the intro just flows out nicely right. right now. It was take seven, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do the editing, so I've cut make myself look good on uh, <laughs> So uh, maybe, maybe yeah, you should be performing artists now. So uh, you're, you're just mentioning you're, you're, you're leaning up, you're preparing for the for the Fringe Festival. Yeah, I know. I'm knocking back your sponsored Hague's chocolates today. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just those for brain function, the dark chocolate for bulking, the lighter coloured chocolate. You know, nothing better than Hague's here on the show. But yeah, look, uh, we're just looking to <laughs> cut a little body weight coming into the Fringe. As, as I was saying, you guys obviously know about cutting weight for classes and stuff like that. For for me, the Fringe is. Very different. It's performing arts, still strongman style stuff that I will still do in our show. But again, it's 50 minutes straight of performing and, you know, it's physical performance. So for me, being 145, 140 kilos on stage is just not, 
it's not worth it. It's not needed. I don't need to be that heavy. I don't need to be any stronger than what I am to do what we're doing. It's more about actually being able to do the tricks, do the show, but be able to get through the show without having a cardiac arrest <laughs> partially through. And or, fit into last year's costume. If, if we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly right. The tights don't just get changed every year. Um, but, yeah, look, we, we look to come down. I don't know. I'm not too sure what weight I'll be again. I think last time we spoke about what I'd cut weight for certain strongman shows, kind of similar for something like this is where I'll actually look at maybe probably being closer to that 135, 137K mark Mm -hmm. just to be a little bit fitter for on stage and just to be able to get through the show. You know, you're doing shows Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, then Monday off, and you're doing them 8 p.m. every night. Um, So, yeah, it's a lot. Um, You know, but it's very fast-paced, very you know, moving very quickly. And again, you do get some sort of a rest and the director of the show is very nice to me. Understanding my fitness isn't as good as some of the other guys, but I just, you know, I think the other biggest guy in the show is like 90 kilos oh, or if that, maybe 80 odd. So I give, wow. yeah, yeah, it's a lot smaller. So they're just, you know, it's just the fitness side. So come down a little bit, but not too much. What's a, what sort of, sorry, what, what sort of show, like um, what happens during the show that you're doing? I can't give too much away. You won't come to oh, see well, it. Oh, well, um, so just give us a, an This idea is the plug time, to... right? So a plug takes <laughs> now to plug our show. It's called yeah. Face Value. It's going to be in Gluttony uh, in the Fringe Garden. So the, the idea of the show behind it is what we call, obviously, the show is called Face Value. So you're going to see a whole group of very different acrobats all on stage Hopefully not as drunk as this bloke is right now because I just saw that out of the corner of my eye. That was great. So, it's a strong scotch. <laughs> you know, so, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Strong like Jordan. That's strong, <laughs> as strong as this man right here. <laughs> I guess to show you're going to see a whole group of different acrobats of every different shape and size that you're going to see us come up on the stage and you're going to have a perception of what you see on the stage. But the show's going to take you down a very different idea of what you see versus what we will do so yeah you walk in and hopefully i'll I'll get you guys some tickets to come along i'd love you guys to be i'd love to have you guys at the show i'll be on stage yeah stop it (laughs) um i've torn both my biceps i don't need you to tear another one um you know it's gonna be it's for me personally this is very different again as we spoke last time being from the athlete background to the performance side there is the crossover but I've noticed, especially training, especially for this show, learning about the um, exploration side of circus. So, you know, I was told by the director of the show, Biggie, can you go over there? You've got an act in the show. Make an act. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, make an act on you, like on Strongman and on what we've got. And I'm like, right, so we've... The others have gone away and they're doing their stuff and I'm sitting there going, well, I can't pull a truck in here because <laughs> it's, a, it's a tent and I can't do this because it's this. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? So the director sat down me and chatted to me about what we think we could do and we've come up with an idea, which I'm not going to say anything. But it's something really different involving music, involving me. 
it's really, really, really out there and really wow. different to what people would expect. You'll see me on stage doing something that I don't think most people would have expected to see, <laughs> but still with a strongman flavour to it. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and this is and this looking at your face is exactly what the show yeah. is about because I can see you guys. Everybody's thinking, thinking yeah. yeah, and I guarantee you're all thinking something different, uh, except yeah. ballet by the sounds. But when it comes, everybody, I, I, my moment is singing. I don't know why, but yeah, I yeah. just no, I, 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 I yeah, don't. Singing in yeah. ballet, yeah. Oh, I don't think so. All that comes to mind then is the Simpsons when Homer's thinking about the ballet, and it's a little <laughs> car with a bear driving around in circles, and it's like, oh, the ballet, and I can just pitch myself driving around. In that, but no, that's not it either. But like I said, I, I'd love to have you guys there, and, and like I said, it's a plug to the show because I'm performing with such good acrobats from around the country that some of these performers have performed in Europe. They spend time in the schools in Europe. These guys, yeah, these guys are legit acrobatic gymnastics performers, um, you know, and many times fringe performers. So for me, it's just a pleasure to be a part of the show, uh, but to show something different in strongman, but in in, um, circus as well. So so how did you get introduced to that world so it is a bit of a leap. Not every strong man finds his mm. way onto the stage in a, in a performance capacity. So how did that opportunity emerge for you? Well, I took it myself. I took the opportunity myself and contacted the circus school myself and said, look, this is I want to come and do a, an adults class and meet someone there. So I did an adults class, which was just beyond funny. So <laughs> I've rocked up and the way adults classes works is you go as a group, so it'd be like all of us together. Um, a coach will come out or a trainer will come out and they'll teach you circus, but for adults. So it's not like the kids where they get you doing like hand-eye coordination stuff. They sort of lift it up to an adults thing. So they're trying to teach us juggling, Diablo, um, uh, all these other different kinds stilts. of things. Did you get stilts? No, because no? I was snap nose. <laughs> 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 the stilts would have just been flat on the ground. <laughs> but it's just really easy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they just teach us like all the random stuff. And I'm sitting there going, oh, this is so not what I'm looking for. They even got me into a handstand, which was just, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's everyone's response too, no way. But, it, you know, and I've sat down with the, the trainer after and said, look, this is who I am. This is sort of my resume. This is what I've done for the last, you know, 15 years of my life, you know, and this is what I want to do. And he's just pissed himself laughing and goes, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Because <laughs> he's just, he's, because we sat down and had a coffee and a few days later. He's going, yeah, it was a bit weird seeing him come into the class. But, you know, because he's like, did somebody like, because their initial thought was that somebody had dared me to do it. <laughs> that I was just there for that. But, you know, I sat down with uh, the guy's name's Jono and he's actually the director of the show I'm in. Um, and he's been so helpful and so, because I sat down going, okay, there's multiple types of circus, which I didn't understand either. There's traditional circus, which is the things you see on TV. Trick, ta-da, trick, ta-da, trick, ta-da, trick, ta-da, lions, tigers, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got contemporary circus. Mm-hmm. Gravity and Other Myths is a real big one here in South Australia. They're basically the biggest one here. Cirque Oz, uh, your big ones overseas. Um, you know, they're your contemporary circus where it's not just trick, trick, trick. It's 
you know, feel and flow and show and then trick because of this reason, because of this part of the show. You know, the tricks are done in a way that it tells a story, right? So that's more contemporary circus, which is kind of what I'm getting into, but not really what I was expecting to get into and not really my thing either. Like, as I get back to saying before, sitting down and, and like, I could put you guys on the spot and just say to you guys, what would you do if I said to you, go sit in the corner and make an act? Mm. If I said turn around Matt, make an act Matt would probably grab this now, Matt, yeah. I'm keen to hear as well Ma- Tell make, us. Make, uh, an act on, make an act on arm wrestling like, yeah. it doesn't have to, You sort of sit there and go Okay mm. you know The first thing that I popped do? into my head just then yeah. Was the bear <laughs> and the little car going <laughs> <in>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, And then you just turn around and go Well what would you do for one if I turn around and said You have to do one on you know Ring announcing. Yeah. Make an act of ring announcing. How would you make an act to show the crowd that you're a ring announcer? Mm. What would you do? Mm. Or the same with you. If I said, okay, we're going to make a scene where it's like you have to project yourself to the crowd in a way that they'll understand without you talking in a way oh. that you fight or that you do this, that, and the other. Interpretive dance. And, and yeah. yeah. That's what it's I would gone. do. Yeah. I would I'd, do an interpretive dance. I would do jazz, a jazz ballet <laughs> interpretation if I could. But I'd get Vicky to come and throw me <laughs> up and catch me <laughs> with a trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> Just punch everyone in the audience. And then I'd there punch everyone. <laughs> Just go around and one by one knock out in the, the whole crowd. So then they wake up and it's like an epiphany. And they go, hey. I'd be like, this is what I'm about, inspiring people through movement. <laughs> Was it good? I don't remember. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> <laughs> Why is my face there? The amazing Isabel. I can just imagine that'd be getting five star ratings from everyone in the show. <laughs> sure. the, the judges would come in. Because you'd be standing star, over five, five stars. Star. Five stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. when, when does the fringe start? Is it, is it March this year? February. Oh, it's okay. Next, so, next month, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's quick. We've got five weeks left of training. We train this afternoon, first sessions back. Since pre Christmas, um, yeah, it's it's getting to the pointy end. Um, how, how much preparation it goes into? The, like, when did you know this was coming up? We we have been planning since mid last year. Okay, um, but the the hard thing is with the well being the way it is, mm. getting the acrobats for the right um, part of the show, but also making sure they stay here and to like you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah, and that's another big thing too. Like, but we've got other acrobats that like might need to travel with another circus. There's no mm-hmm. reason why. Again, circus in the in the sense is a lot like strongman that a promoter or a director. So, mm-hmm. in strongman promoters, will invite you to do a competition. Mm-hmm. Directors of um, circus shows will see you and go, "That person would be perfect for this part of my show. Mm-hmm. Will you come do this part of my show? There might be an injury in the show, so they need you. Mm-hmm. So you can lose acrobats like that mm-hmm. because they need them in other shows. Yeah. So you've got to try and find the cast that suits it. Then you've got to try and work out again the the over again. It's unlike traditional circus where it's just trick, 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 trick. It's there's a story behind the show. The show's going to be set out in such a way that, you know, the people in the crowd who are, I guess, your average punters who are just there to see a show can understand it. Yeah. But then your, um, then I guess your artsy type people have their aspect of it too. And they're obviously, they, 
you know, they obviously want to show that they can relate to and stuff like that mm. versus your average punter that comes in 10 beers deep and just <laughs> wants you to see someone and throw them through the roof. Yeah. Um, you know, so you've got to try and, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or well, just jab everyone in the crowd. So, you know? yeah, like, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those things where you've got to try and make it flow and, Again, there's so much. So it's got to really have layers to. Yeah. It's got to have levels to be able to appeal to that that very dis, dis, uh, disparate grouping of people that might be turning up. A hundred percent, and then any given night, and you've got to you've got to show the people what you're trying to do. If they if they come in and see a show and they don't understand what the fuck's going on mm. the whole time, yeah, it's a pretty pointless show then, right? Yeah. So as performers, you've got to sit there and work out how does say. Matt's act flow into mine that flows into Izzy's that flows into yours. How do we make a show that flows into each other? Because mm-hmm. the again, these are all things that I've learned that I just never thought I'd learn is that you don't have a dead stage. Mm-hmm. You don't have a stage with nothing mm-hmm. on it because that is just the worst thing you can do. <laughs> so then you've got to try and work out a way. You can open your mouth if you want to. You've somehow got to work out a way where you go from Matt to me without nothing happening, right? Like or it's just mm-hmm. that's what you need to do. Every act to act is <laughs> just over the. <laughs> I'm gonna do that as my act. Oh, there you go. Now you've worked out exactly what there you have you go. to do. I'm picturing that with like kind of like tinsel and yeah. like feather balls. Be like. <laughs> just a little, yeah, like little neon lighting. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see there's gonna be a fringe act next year just yeah. based off of you. The daily combat. combat. That's right. Joke. Daily combat. Mm-mm. I think we could do. Oh, I think you. Oh, I, I, think come, I would it. come watch every night <laughs> just to see the difference between each one. And <laughs> just a boo and I heckle. T- I tell you what, though, talking about funny shows, and I wish that COVID hadn't ruined it for everyone. There's a show that used to come to Fringe, and the first show I did a Fringe show, it was Drunk Shakespeare. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard no. of it before? I think I have. Yeah, so I've heard, yeah. heard of it, not seen it. It is mm. amazing, amazing. So it's a it's a Shakespeare show. Um, guys from England, like proper, like studied theatrical guys, proper studied at Oxford type stuff. So the goal of the show is one of the actors gets smashed as before the show, like proper smashed as and the guys in the crowd have to pick who the smashed one is, but they have mm. to do the whole show. Normally, with one actor or one performer, fuck eyed. Fuck eyed. And I mean proper, like, <laughs> out of it. The and English drink. I, when they drink, I drink went to, I went to the show five times because it's a different person drunk each time. It's not the same wow. one. So the king might be smashed as. The queen might be smashed as. Wow. Like You walk in and it is just hilarious because you sit up on stage and you're like oh yeah sober sober and this dude just slants off the stage you're like oh my god that guy's paro and like you'll see like everyone will be talking normally and he'll just come out and just yeah like and then they give out a a gong into the crowd so when you think the guy isn't Mm -hmm. drunk enough you hit the gong and they make him skull more booze on stage wow oh yeah if it comes back to Adelaide everyone that listens to this and you three go see it (laughs) go see it every night at the fringe because it just is hilarious the guys do but also you can see if you go back to back nights you can see the guy who was drunk the night before because they're on stage (laughs) hating (laughs) because you see them you see one guy on stage he's like just 
flat and you're like, oh man, you oh. you got well, for us us It's great. Wow. And that's what I mean. So many of these fringe shows you don't know about that are oh. hilarious. Because everyone goes to see the big shows. Yeah. Comedy acts from overseas, you know, your big shows and stuff like that. That's who you go see. But there's some little acts and I don't know if you guys have ever gone to the Midnight Cabaret. Do that one. I can't be out past midnight. So. <laughs> <laughs> turn into a pumpkin. Yeah, 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 it's like a curfew. It's a <laughs> I turn into Mike Tyson. Oh, <laughs> so Get your fringe show is going to start after midnight every night, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a cabaret show where they just get people from all these shows to do their own, like acts in the show. And there's one uh, very famous um, female um, performer who um, gets a um, popcorn machine and it's up inside. Oh, God. A whole popcorn machine? Because that's wow. pretty large. Wow. I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking about a machine like that's a, like this. No, oh, I'm yeah, thinking no, the cinemas. Yeah, I was about to say, it's not a cinema one. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 There's, yeah. A, there's a whole lot going on on that stage. Like, wow. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it, I haven't seen it personally. <laughs> Thank God. But every person that I talk to about it, she's like really famous. Oh, right. Like just, everyone just for any sponsors that might be watching Biggie yeah. has not seen it personally. Right. No. It's just anecdotal. You know, I just had this real hankering for popcorn after the show and I don't know why. But you know, it was this it was just unbelievable what I've been told that you just see some random ass acts of just like I said, it's one of those things where if if it was me uh, and you're like a newbie to this type of stuff, just go see random so, shows. Yeah. So is this what attracted you to circus? Uh, <laughs> my, love of, my love of popcorn. Yeah, where's the popcorn <laughs> machine? Uh, I can't wait to see Hayes at the next one and Let's see what they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That sounds so painful. So, so you mentioned that you, you got there and you had an idea when you began on this uh, – this performance journey, mm. uh, the strongman performance journey, that mm. uh, you had an idea as to what it is that you wanted to do. What what did you have in mind? Did you have that traditional strongman? Yeah, I'm going to be picking up weights. They're going to have round ends. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, those ones are, yeah, with yeah. balloons. Yeah. With balloons yeah. on the end, yeah. Yeah, yeah a thousand tons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah I, I had an image traditional uh, circus, traditional mm-hmm. strongman circus where it's, Perform a feat of strength in front of a crowd. The crowd goes bananas because you do this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. Wear a moustache. Yeah, wear a moustache. Peel this one on and off whenever (laughs) I can. Um, But it's one of those things where, again, talking to guys in the fringe, talking to that, they're the shows that don't really pull, and that's not really what the fringe is about. Because there's no story to it. Yeah, and this is the things I had to learn. And the big Mm. thing is, is a lot of these shows are trying to do shows so they can tour. Hmm. Right. Because if your show's good enough, they'll ask you to go to Melbourne Fringe or, or Fringe, and they'll ask you to go to Sydney Fringe, they'll ask you to go to Edinburgh Fringe, the biggest fringe in the world. Mm-hmm. It's about touring shows. Mm-hmm. So it's all well and good to do a show here in Adelaide at the Adelaide Fringe. It's a big deal. It's massive. Second biggest fringe in the world, biggest one in the Southern Hemisphere. But the goal of a director of a show is to take that show from here and take it to Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, 
uh, wherever. Is that also your aspiration as one of the performers? To, yeah, to, of course. To be It'd part be, of that? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to tour if I can. Again, I bring something very different to the table than a lot of other acrobats do, but there's also a lot of things I cannot do. Yeah. There's a lot of tricks and stuff. I'm just one, too big, two, not mobile enough. And to be honest, I'm older than most of them as well. The injuries have been there with time. So there's just a lot of things I can't do. But there's a lot of things I can do that a lot of the other guys can't do. So I try and bring a different package to the table um, that a lot of others can't. But again, a lot of these uh, groups have, are very set in their way. So they've got their own shows that have been very prosperous for many years, like Cirque Oz. Uh, then you, like I said, uh, Gravity and Other Myths, which is the one here in Adelaide. Uh, you know, they've got their shows. They've got about five shows that they do constantly. They've got their guys in Europe now doing shows all around Europe already. They've got guys in Queensland doing shows. You know, they're doing shows left, right and centre because they're so well known and they're so good at what they do. So I guess for me, could I tour a show by myself doing these types of things? No. Mm. No, I couldn't because I don't think the the interest would be there. There wouldn't be enough interest in that. The, you know, people people I know would come and see it and then, yeah. of course, you'd get the people who are diehard for Strongman that would come and watch it. But that's not a very big population. Mm. Like, it's just not. Like, it's a lot smaller. And, again, chatting about when we were last time about the strongman guys going into fighting, the strongman guys going into movies, they understand the strongman world is so large, mm. Mm. but there's so many more things that you can branch out of. And it's quite similar in this scene as well with myself going into it. So it's learning for me. And like I said, if touring, if, if I could get in a group that toured would be the goal because you're getting paid to tour. Well, Biggie, <laughs> I mean, you've got three people here, so, you know, I'm just saying. There you go. We got, we got that. That was already written. So. I was about to say, it sounds like this is a 2023 goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, we just we will all train up each in a circus act and we can, uh, yeah. you know, create a little group. Go tour to the Edinburgh, Edinburgh Fridge. I'm going to be honest. The, the <laughs> no. You all suck. I'm gonna, no, no, no. Whatever. I'm going to be honest. The thing I really feel I like... like I don't like it when people say anything. I don't like it when I'm going to be honest. honest. I prefer you not. I'm going to um, tell you this. Be no. polite and you guys, just leave. I was about to say, <laughs> you guys alone. couldn't have taken that the wrong way anything <laughs> worse. But I tell you what, the thing I've always missed out on, the one thing when I first started into Strongman Circus, the one thing I always missed out that I could never could find was a mouthpiece to speak on my behalf. Ah, Someone yeah, very Paul vocal. Paul Heyman. Very, yeah. Because <laughs> what you... Oh, my... Paul Heyman to my Brock Lesnar or something like that. Or, you know, it's one of those things where if you look into old school strongman, the strongman never spoke. You know, he was always on stage in front of... A thousand, ten thousand people. It was the mouthpiece, the dude with the top hat, the dude with the moustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now you know, you know, I'm driving it. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where that was the way I perceived it to have someone speaking on my behalf to do the show with someone almost telling the story with me performing it. You know, mm. are and you it, asking Dave mm. to do that now? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Is, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Drop it. Presenting it, it's, Australia's it, Strongest Man. Yo, yo, yo. Here we go, go, go. We got biggest smalls. He's going to lift it. Oh, See, that's hey. Can yeah. you imagine if you just did a show with... <laughs> oh, look at us. You there could you just go. do a show with different mouthpieces for every act. Yeah. Mm. So you have five different acts with five different mouthpieces, but you go, here you go. This is where the explanation side comes into it. You have an old school style for an old school style strongman event. 
Mm. You have a new style voice for a new style strongman event. Oh, so you go 1900 strongman, 1800 strongman, yeah. 2000, 2000 strongman, Max 80s, style. 80s yeah. right here. Yeah. Stupid strongman. Yeah. So this is what I mean. There's, there, there's your explanation side of it. You sit there and you look at who's in the room and you go, what would make it work and how do you make mm. it work? And just by your two voices being so different to each other but so sold in their own way, you can actually make it work. Hey. Instantly. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But it is important with storytelling, like you were saying before. When you see an act or whatever it is that you're watching, whether it's a film or whether it's um, you know, performance, in some way there's always got to be an understanding as to what message that, that person mm-hmm. is putting across, whether it's a character that they're playing or and I know that uh, one of the big issues with, with Hollywood movies where, you know, they spend like three hundred million dollars on a film and they're like we want every single person that goes to see this movie to understand it. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want to make a really complex story because yeah. uh, we want. And I think the saying is, "Does Mama and Papa in South Dakota get it? Like, mm-hmm. if they if they don't get it, then we're doing something wrong." Mm-hmm. So that's where you sort of get these really simplistic kind of stories. And it's like you know, when you're looking at the lower budget films, the twenty to forty, fifty million dollar films, is where you can find the really complex, interesting character driven stories. Mm-hmm because they're not relying on a big budget or big special effects and they can go in depth with their storyline. But what you were saying before with that, uh, making sure that the audience sort of gets what you're saying. Um, you've seen The Prestige with... Uh, mm. Yeah, so that was like... Uh, that just popped into my mind when you were saying that because you had the two characters there, the Hugh Jackman, who was mm. a fantastic performer, not as skilled at the magician side of things. And then Christian Bale was playing the other uh, magician who was really skilled but a terrible performer. So... Mm. The, the two, when they worked together, it was a really uh, powerful combination. But when they went out on their own, it was like you could see the contrasting styles. You know, Hugh Jackman had the big theatrical thing, the really uh, big voice. He could build an energy to create his performance. Um, but then the tricks weren't as good as what Christian Bale was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But his tricks were just like, here's a trick, here's another trick, here's another trick. There was no setup. There was no delivery to build that suspense. And, and that's what's so important in an act. And I feel like... <laughs> With what we do, it's a lot of uh, what your perception of it is too, mm. right? Like mm. it, you might get a feel of it that's very different to how you feel and how you feel. There's an act in this show, Mar- Margaret or Margot Manfield. She's one of our acrobats. She's one that studied in Europe and stuff like that. She does an act solely with like a like a bed sheet. <laughs> And oh. yeah, we'll stop it. And a popcorn uh, machine. And then a popcorn and a machine. machine. <laughs> <laughs> one second, one second so, idea. Salt and pepper, baby, all about it. And you've had more scotch. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> she she doesn't act in the show. And you sit there and you know, we sort of went, okay, the director's like, go hard, show us what your act is. And we all sat down and watched. And I literally sat there in awe of what was going on in, in front awe. of me. Oh. I was expecting something different there. No, no. In awe. Oh, yeah. awe. <laughs> it was just, yeah, like I said, you guys will come to the show and see it, but it's just one of those things where you watch someone so skilled at telling a story with nothing mm. and sit there going, wow, that's just so pretty to watch. And the story is actually quite obvious, but how you perceive the story might be slightly different to how somebody else perceives mm. it. So a lot of it is a, a perception from yeah, the crowd's a, point of view, and ha- but also how you provide it to them. Too. Exactly. That's right. And you see the, the great performers that, uh, say, Penn and Teller, and you know, Teller said that he, he decided that he would be 
uh, silent on stage because he wanted the performance to be told through like what that. he was doing physically. Mm. And he always hated that idea of, you know, the magician would come out, so this theatre back in 1870, it's like, oh, just that fluff crap that he's like, no, just the story is what's important. Don't waste your time with unneeded words or dialogue that's not necessary. Uh, restrict yourself. Make it make it more about the actual performance. So that's why he was like, okay, I'm not going to talk. And then you know when he does his duo stuff, obviously Penn does all the talking. But there's there's a couple of acts like that. If you saw that um, tape face guy, who was on um, uh, America's um, mm, Got Talent. Heard about this? Yeah. yeah so Fake he extra. he's a New Zealand um, street performer, and he uh, deliberately put tape on his mouth. <laughs> Like, be, to stop himself from talking because he would start doing an act and then, like, you know, he'd be miming again. People There's a lot of audience interaction. He's trying to get people on stage and, and then he would finally sort of, he would just say something and, like, no, just can you do, you know, and so he had to actually get tape and tape his mouth shut wow. so that he wouldn't give up the mime side, <laughs> wow. of it, uh, which, wow. you know, he sort of forced himself in that position as to, I can't speak, so I have to now you know, come up with a way to get this person to do what I want to do. And it's a, you know, it's a comedy sort of thing where it's like he's trying to explain, do this thing, and they're not getting it, and he's making it funny. And, you know, but it was, it was an interesting aspect to it. It's like if you've reduced, you've deliberately handicapped yourself to make your performance better. And it's like you're not relying on, if, if I can't speak or say I can't move or if I can't do these things, it's like, well, how do I get around it? And that's, again, with the, the film industry where you've got, um, a lower budget and it's like well we can't rely on CGI we can't mm. rely on so we need to rely on narrative we need to have a really good story to figure out this issue we can't just go oh just put a green screen in front of it and aliens blow it up I don't know mm. like you know it's yeah it's all about that story side of it and it's funny because that's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff we do with training um, and learning that type of stuff from behind the scenes is you sort of do all these weird ass sort of tricks behind the scenes where like you're told the director of the show will put you all together and it'll be like, all right, walk around in circles and give each other like a cue to do something. Mm. So you just walk around and then he'll go, he'll give you like a cue to do something. You have to do something. Uh, so Can we do that with Matt right now? Yeah. Get out. I don't <laughs> <laughs> The cue is piss off. You know, it, it, it's. <laughs> Bring it down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same type of thing. And like you said with movies and stuff like that. <laughs> Get the popcorn machine. <laughs> Next time I do this, I'm bringing a oh, popcorn right. machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. I'm already having graphic images. So I can already smell butter. <laughs> I'm ashamed. Let's uh, go. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it, again... With film industry and stuff like that, you think about some of the great actors and actresses through the times. You think guys who are like from different generations too that who have come through <laughs> to be so much better than what they were because of all these different reasons. Mm. Why, you know, I'd like Matt say, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of my unknown films that no one will ever see. I'm just gonna but stay that's okay. That way. Your name is on there at some point. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's you'll be right. you'll be next to the greats, Al Pacino. Yeah, Matt Hollywood. Yeah. Everyone will go who. Uh, who is Matt that? Damon. Ben Affleck. Yeah, well, they're great. Yeah, yeah, they're the greats, absolutely. The standard is just getting higher and higher, Matt. But, mm. you know, it, it's just one of those <laughs> It's one of those things where I'm actually almost tempted to just... Which is bad just, for you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
actually, you know what? With, with everything Matt's done now, I actually want to just run you through like a circus day, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've actually, I can see I, you juggling. I've had done a lot <laughs> of circus you? stuff. A, a gymnast. I actually have done a lot of circus stuff. And that's what I want to see now because it yeah. makes perfect sense that you've gone into videos. Can you juggle? I can, yeah. Can you? Diablo, yes. Can you Diablo? Yeah. Well? Oh, not well. No, it's it's tricky. Because I love yeah. Diablo. It's the it's hard. crazy. It's yeah. just funny to see someone good with a Diablo. Yeah. As well. you, you know, you know what? That I don't is, know, even know what you're I'm thinking about. about that game. I was thinking about a Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you were good with like one of them. Act, that big you were talking about before. We all have different ideas of what he's yeah. doing in his act. We all have different ideas. Diablo. It's a car. <laughs> it's a car. <laughs> it's a PC yeah. game. <laughs> well, I'll let you explain that oh, one. Sure. That one uh, so it's, what, What's it's, Matt's it's, interpretation? It's essentially two sticks and a string. And then then you've got the like a wooden sort of thing that balances on the string, and you're using the sticks to to balance it, and then you can flip it and do tricks and all sorts of things and hit yourself in the face. It's like a giant yo yo with two (laughs) sticks and a lunch. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a crowd puller. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, the kids love it. (laughs) Kids' party (laughs) singers the best. That's like the yo-yo is like the worst toy for a kid <laughs> because they go and it just goes hanging down and they're like, oh, and then they give it to you and you got to wind it all back up again, give it back to them and they go, oh. What do you mean as a kid, mate? I still Yeah. So have you given any thought to what might be a show? Like it's, it's all of this um, kind of exploring uh, and, and understanding how these shows are put together, informing you as to how you may put together a show Loosely based around strongman. Yeah, I have. It's just a lot of <laughs> it's just a lot of time and, and effort to go into it. So with all the coaching I do, it's probably just a little bit hard for me at the moment to settle down and do it. That might be a goal for twenty twenty three is to sit down and actually prep a full strongman show. Yeah, you know, hopefully, you hopefully handling some. it better than him handling that <laughs> drink as well. <laughs> Supposed to be in your peripheral. Secu- peripheral I've still got my secu- I've actually still got my security <laughs> license here, sir. Could you leave the venue? <laughs> I've got a security that. license too. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> Not anymore. Out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, twenty twenty three, we'll just see how things go, and as it gets closer, again, just working on making sure I can just keep myself in in shape without falling apart more than anything else. The older I get, you know, the more. Injuries I seem to <laughs> mount up and mount up. Last yeah. time we did, uh, we did a strongman versus arm wrestling event, mm-hmm. and uh, we went to your um, one of your mm. sort of Soul, coaching, yeah. yeah, in the city, and mm-hmm. uh, it was great. We had a great time. A lot of the guys that mm-hmm. were your um, sort of students uh, had a go at arm wrestling, and some of our guys had some mm-hmm. goes at the uh, the stone lifting mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And a lot everybody's of fun. still recovering. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. A lot of skin is still missing <laughs> from their arm, um, but you had it at the torn bicep at that time. I'm I'm going to be honest, it wasn't actually too long after we had our first um, podcast. Right. I was probably not that long out of hospital. Oh, mm. yeah. Because, yeah, I was rare quite back from the surgery because it's only sort of been maybe be coming up on a year in March mm. yeah. since the second bicep. And somebody fell on your arm, is that right? Yeah. We were, Someone um, was just walking past. Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan was juggling. She fell on there was a lady with a popcorn machine. She was feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a popcorn machine thrown at my bicep. Um, it was ejected from yeah. the well, nether hey, regions. Hey, hey. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings threw the it at me. The region of... 
And that like fringe show. I've, I've got to edit this show, you know. Uh, I can't wait to hear every bit of this. But it was literally, I tell you what, the person that fell on my arm, and I love her to pieces. She's such a sweet girl and such a, she's a. a um, That's uh, why you didn't kill her. Yeah. No, no. Well, she's actually dating one of my best mates, oh, too, right. which was even which worse. Which was another reason why. Yeah, yeah. totally. No, she, she's so sweet. She's an awesome. She's an awesome gymnast, but we were just training, and so she was standing. Two feet in one arm. Mm. And we're just holding... It and doesn't sound dangerous. Yeah, no, right? And she sort of tipped one way, and I knew she had a bad ankle. She'd hurt her ankle doing cheerleading probably about five years ago, so she had a, quite a bad injury with all the torn ligaments. And she's tipped, so I've gone to reach out to catch her. But, of mm. course, because mom's pinned on the ground, I've gone to catch her. But she's caught herself oh. and fallen and sort of jumped onto this part of my arm mm. and trying to catch someone like this with somebody jumping here. Yes. <sighs> yeah. It's a lot of force going through. I felt a pop. She heard it. and Oh, you, you heard know. it right there and then? Yeah, because the first bicep I didn't hear, mm. this one I heard and felt. And I was okay. like, oh, yeah, that's gone. Um, so, yeah, look, it was just one of those things. Like, she could have fallen any other way and it wouldn't have made a difference. She could have come down straight on top of me, which would have been fine. You know, it, it's just... It happens. And I've done one, so I knew what the recovery was going to be like. I knew how to recover. I knew how to rebuild. And this one's come back very good. Actually, probably come back better than the left one. And importantly, um, for the sake of performance, the moustache was fine. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No moustaches were hurt yeah. in this act. Um, <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> it, it, was just, it was just one of those things. But like I said, we've all been there where you do something and you go, oh my God, that could have just been either so much worse or God, if I just took a step to the left... That wouldn't have happened. It's funny though because you had your arm in a sling when we're doing the the arm wrestling yeah. and strongman thing. Everyone that came in saw you in a sling and you're like, "Oh, did you just break your arm?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all the people from the and gym are like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "No, not no, related." Yeah. Or like, was it you and one of the other guys? Do you want to arm wrestle? I'm like, "Yeah, I'd love to." Yeah, sure. I'd love to just have my arm snapped off again. <laughs> I don't need the other one. Yeah, <laughs> kick a man while he's down. That's yeah. <laughs> but it was so, it was a lot of fun yeah, that day. The guy, the strongman guys loved it. You know, it's such a different world for them to try as well. Mm. Um, you know, it's but it's also really cool because it's it's a um, it's a learning curve, but it's also a, a way to cool their jets a little bit, right? Like it's a, also a really cool way to bring people back down again and go look, understanding that yeah, okay, you're a strongman, but it doesn't mean you're going to be good at everything. Mm. Um, a lot of guys have this inflated ego from strongman, but I'm going to be honest, I think a lot of people have inflated egos in their own areas, right? Of like someone's yeah. going to think they're really good because they can do this, that, and the other, and they can do this, that, and the other. It's nice to see them, you know, uh, you know, humbled a little bit in a way, but also in a way that they learn as well, right? So it's the guys went through and helped all the strongman guys teaching them tricks, teaching them, you know, you can't do this because of this and this, that and the other. You're plenty strong. Just get your hand like this, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it was so cool to sit back and watch. And then when it switched and the guys came out and did some stones and stuff like that, the strongman guys just teaching them where to hold the stones, how to, how to do this, how to do that, positions and stuff like that. Mm. You know, there's all obviously a level of technique to everything we do. Mm. So it was really cool to see the camaraderie between the two groups. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's just so much either way. Like it's like the coaching system, the college system in the US. You go to the US, you play gridiron, you do wrestling. You do wrestling, mm. you play gridiron. That's the way it works. You do yep. one, you do the other because it helps the other one out. Yeah. Um, you know, you do athletics, you go into the gym and you train weights because yeah. it's going to help your athletics. You but, sprint if you do shot put because power training is what you need. 
Mm. It's a similar type of thing, and I feel like we lose that in our system here because absolutely we we Massively. go so far towards uh, AFL and tennis and everything. We lose sight of things to help the other one out. I remember it was funny because we were chatting a few of my athletes and myself about what got us started into strength sports. So I guess a lot of the other guys, Luke, my mate from Sydney, was uh, elite rugby. Uh, a few of the other guys were uh, – one guy was basketball. Mm-hmm. A few of the other guys were just um, gym guys. But my background was wrestling, um, amateur wrestling at Flinders Uni when I was a kid. So I remember <laughs> at school, this was before MMA was cool and before everyone did it and all that type of stuff, wearing the the, <laughs> the spandex, the red and the blue, for the red corner and the blue corner. So I remember being in school and like kids were like, what the fuck are you doing wrestling for? What the – it's not wrestling, it's performance. Yeah, it's performing arts. Um, and, you know, you're sitting there. a moustache. <laughs> I was about to say, in high school, don't worry, mate, I didn't have a moustache, just a full beard down to here. But it, <laughs> it was just, you know, kids would, kids just didn't understand it back then. Like, wrestling was fighting back then, and that was what started me off. And, you know, I was only just very lucky because one of the guys a few years above me at school was state champ, national champ, and Oceana champ. So he was my inlet into wrestling. And um, that was my training for for five years. So it was one of those things where I felt like it was just, you know, we miss out on these opportunities where, like, if I did wrestling, I should be playing AFL, right? Because wrestling is going to teach me how to tackle better. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't I do sprinting at athletics because sprinting is going to be good for wrestling because it's going to mm-hmm. be good for power. You know, why don't sprinters do – why don't all the AFL guys do sprinting mm-hmm. in school? Why don't they do these crossovers between sports? Um, they just don't do that here. Why is there not weightlifting for every sport that involves mm-hmm. some level of strength? Mm-hmm. Athletic shot put, discus, javelin, high jump, why aren't they doing power cleans all the time? Yeah. I do understand – now working with certain people from certain sports, physios and stuff like that, they are on the, along the ideas of limiting injury. Mm, so a yeah, lot of the physios I talk to that work with the Lightning Girls or the 36ers or the Crows or whoever, they tend not to do certain type of exercises anymore because the chance of injury goes up. They try not to do regular deadlift as much anymore. Mm. They try yeah, tra- I've not been doing that for two, three years. Trap bar, bar, that's right, trap bar deadlift safely because yeah. you stand inside of the weight and the weight's on either side, not in front, mm. means the likelihood of getting injured is less. Bench press isn't such a big thing in AFL and rugby anymore. I remember years ago playing mm. rugby, if you wanted to prop for Australia, mm. you have to bench 200. Like, you, you, that's what the standard was now. They can give a rat's ass what you bench. Yeah, yeah. They just want a percentage of your bench press with power. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll work out what that percentage is of – they'll go, okay, you're probably good for a, a 1RM of 200, but we want you at this weight doing this percentage of output. So there is a level of finding that right uh, groove between the two. But like I said, for basketball players and stuff like that, they d- they might not do power cleans all the way up anymore, but they're still doing clean high pulls and stuff like that, which is what weightlifting mm-hmm. should be taught at schools for mm-hmm. athletes, for athletes in multiple sports, not uh, just... Listen to this <laughs> man! <laughs> you know, and that's just the American training system, but why, yes. why the American system is so good, why they win Olympics a lot. But it's not too dissimilar to Russian system and European system either. All this, like I said, you go to, go to any big college in any place in the US, grade one, <laughs> 
one through, through seven or whatever you want to call it, their facilities are better than any of our AFL facilities. Better than anywhere. <laughs> we've got. We've got. Uh, a, I'm glad. A, I've, a, I'm glad. I'm damn uh, right. a very big supporter of the over now. here. This yeah. is what I've been saying, and also I think Australia A has a habit of putting everyone and everything, if possible, in boxes. Right. And I think in terms of sports, like yes, when I was doing canoeing at that mm. level in an institution, as opposed to independently. Anything else I did, and you know, after hearing this this story uh, recently about you know Harley Balik, you know, and reading uh, JMO, I'm going to talk about him later. His mm. words on it is that you know I would do anything that I thought was going to make me better at canoeing. Right? Mm. Anything. I I was doing anything possible, and it was always frowned upon because I thought to myself, you know, why aren't I doing a sprint training? Why aren't I doing a sort of like CrossFit style training because this is what's going to help me develop my power and my speed. And that was constantly no, 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 nothing outside of the box was even considered. There wasn't even an opportunity to discuss a different idea. And I definitely agree with absolutely everything, pretty much as you could tell. <laughs> but I think, but I think it's, um, I think it's, it's almost like an Australian culture in a way to to put those things in a box and and not to think, not to progress. There's yeah. so much it's room. Definitely an Adelaide thing. No. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much room. It's, it's, there's so much potential that I think that is untapped in do, Australia. Do you think that's in some part because our big sports, um, cricket, football, we don't actually play against the best of the world. We play against the best in maybe four countries mm. in the world that have a capacity to maybe compete against us. That's mm. a very good point. Um, and so this idea of crossing over is not explored because it's not required for the high level of performance in those specific specific fields um whereas in um say a canoeing and and those um international sports um powerlifting you know it, it, you you need that crossover you need some kind mm. of mm. i will say like just just quickly just mm. like you know the europeans and the and some of the and the north americans have a really good grasp on that so for example something they do which we don't is Australia. Australians will tend to go overseas to train in summer, say. So let's say <laughs> we'll we'll be training here and we'll be drinking scotch, and then we'll go over there. But whereas, um, so I'll give you an example for European Polish canoeists. They'll train here, um, and sorry about that. By here, I mean they'll be training in Poland. Uh-huh. They'll be doing canoeing in summer, and they'll do cross country skiing in winter. Less injury risk because you're doing something different. You're doing, you're still doing the high intensity that you would be doing on the water. You're doing it on the snow. You're developing different muscles, and I think in a way that you know, even with my coaching background and a bit, you know, in med and all that, like mm. I think it's good to have the variation. You know, specialization can cause injury. I mean, we know that for a fact. Early specialization in some sports increases injury risk for the youth involved. <coughs> Um, but my interest would be, does that happen as well when we're a bit older? You, you were, uh, once discussed the dysmorphia of, uh, as a result of canoeing where you develop hugely oh, that's on, right. yeah. on, on one side of yeah, the body. Yeah, that's and right. So I'm lopsided. I'm still lopsided. You're still lopsided. Yeah, yeah, and my shoulder's been an issue from it. Gee, now yeah. I reckon that's from... And there's your specialised, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Dealing with the specialised on one side of your body constantly mm-hmm. and that being just drilled into. It, it's funny you say that. It's... It's such a huge thing. Even in, in Strongman, the Icelandic guys in the 80s and 90s used to talk about it is that in Iceland, it's dark in wintertime like mm. 20 hours <laughs> of the day and they get like four hours of light. Mm. That's it. So in the wintertime, they train powerlifting. In the summertime, they train Strongman because they can't go outside and train Strongman in wintertime because it's just impossible. Yeah, well, they yeah. might go and lift a stone, but that's all they could do. So, yeah, one season is they do one part and the next season they come and do another part. Mm. You know, it's talking about... 
um, breaking the shackles of being just so... It's kind of no different to how we are as a nation. We're an island miles away from everybody else and we sort of keep to ourselves in that sense. It's kind of like we've almost done that in a way of sport in that we we have so much talent. In my opinion, we are the most talented country in the world per capita for sport. We have just a, a, such a broad range of people we can pick from, from all nationalities, ethnicities, um, the Indigenous, all the way through, we have the best athletes in the world for any sport. I, without a doubt, we yeah. should be strength sports. We should be with just, again, our multiculturalism from Europe, from Scandinavia, with such a melting pot of people from Asia and other parts of Europe and America. And like I said, add the Indigenous people in as well that have just got skills, hand-eye coordination speed that none of us could ever, ever just get in general. Like I said, there's just no reason why. I've heard stories from athletics coaches that have had like people from, you know, just out in the communities and stuff like that, indigenous communities come into the city, do high jump, flog every record that's set, and then just go back out and don't do it anymore. That's who we should be harnessing. That's the culture we should be building to go forward. Take advice from other places around the world who are successful in what they do and take the people that we have because, we, like I said, we have beyond talent here that mm. we should be using and harnessing not just for AFL, not just for TV rights, not just for this, that and the other, but opening the door, which is, again, it's a hard thing too. Like money rules everything around mm. me, right? So that's that's the hard thing too, Channel 7, Channel 9, whatever. The, the big thing. Yeah, yeah, your favorite, um, you know, and they're the, they're the big things that are that that rule everything. If if they're not going to make a profit off of it, why would they really back it in? You know, but I think it takes someone with guts, determination, balls to just turn around and go. You know what? This is the way we're going to do it, and the cream rises to the top. Mm. Yeah. People will take notice. It just takes time and effort, um, and, and just a strong willpower. It's all of the fact that there is the opportunity to create your own avenues now with with mm. the internet, with mm. the ability to put your own content on you know, YouTube. Like that's what we're doing with our mm. wrestling stuff, and it's sort of like you know people are turning up to the club that have watched our videos, know all of us, and mm. like have like, you know know our nicknames. Hollywood, there you go. That's right. And they go what what? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, but that you know, in terms of strongman and all these niche sort of sports that that have always been there and have this rich cultural history and these backgrounds and these stories that have just never been told because you know the major networks have just gone, well, we're not going to profit off of that, so you know we're not going to highlight it. And, and you know, the Olympics is is a classic example because every time you watch the Olympics, it's always the swimming, and then it's like five Words. seconds of another sport, and back to swimming, and then it's like when the swimming finally finishes after like eleven days, then it's all track and field. And it's like, well, is there anything else happening? There's like a hundred sports going on, but they don't. They'll show you one little snippet of the highlight something. of the finish. And, yeah. and by the way, you'll never see those sports ever again on That's that right. network. You're not seeing any. No. You're Absolutely. not seeing any track and field. You're not mm. seeing any javelin. You're yeah. not seeing any hundred meter sprints. Uh, in an off Olympic year mm. on any of these commercial networks. They don't support sport yeah. in, in, at a grassroots level. They support what they think eyeballs want to be on. Exactly. What they do in America and Europe. Yeah. Absolutely. You go to Europe but and you go there, you I can watch... I should be Prime Minister for a day. <laughs> <laughs> Sports Maybe Minister longer. for a day. You can watch Diamond League, which is the athletics league over there. You go watch shot put, uh, outdoor shot, right? Mm. They'll do it in the middle of like... 
um, so sometimes they're outdoor. They'll actually put it in like in the middle of like a uh, street setting. So they'll set up a shop, put like mm-hmm. in, yeah, they can do it in like the middle of Rundle Mall. So they can set up the V, put the ring, and you know set it up that the crowd watches from the outside because mm. it's outdoor. Mm. Throw a shot outdoor anywhere, right? Yeah. As long as there's a ring, you know. And Diamond League will shine will be on Fox, and that happens all year mm. round. Diamond yeah. League's held all over Europe. Why wouldn't you show that? Why wouldn't you show nationals here? Why wouldn't you show mm. Australian championships or anything like that? Why wouldn't you try? You know, they talk about. I remember years and years and years ago. Can you remember when digital television was starting to take over and mm. they bought out? Was it Channel Ten had this? Uh, I forget. Was it like Ten Mate or one of those things mm. where it was just sport twenty four seven on that channel? And that channel died out after a while. It's just mm. gone to normal television. Yeah. Why wouldn't you start putting that type of stuff? On that channel, they, they put yeah. just like motorsport. It was really boring. Yeah, though. it was they were like just putting like stuff that, that you never wanted to watch on. One hundred percent. So it's oh, like the greatest hits from the seventies cricket, and you're like, why, why? You've got so many sports going on yeah, right true. now. True, they only ever show even like when I when I if I ever see Fox Sports, and I'll be like, oh, Sports Channel, woo! And mm. then it's like old flashbacks of AFL, yeah. old highlights of cricket. And I'm like, but there is a market. There's undeniably a market for other things. And also, let's talk about, like, for example, arm wrestling or strongmen. Like, strongman, sorry. Um, Or strongmen, if there's more than one (laughs) strongman. There's only one (laughs) strongman. And, you know, like, those things would be so visually interesting. Like, I'm already imagining, like, when you're talking about, like, the YouTube, you know, like, your YouTube channel with the arm wrestling, you know, like, imagine that's a television series, Mm. you know, following the arm wrestlers, you know, Mm. like, interstate competitions, blah, blah, blah. You know, that sort of thing is interesting. Like, you know, the success of the the dumb back, you know, the... the Fighting champions. Yeah, Apex, the Apex Festival Mm. was, we had all these different sports. which was awesome and there were so many people there there was a crowd just to watch not even just to participate but to watch well there's a lot of crossover appeal and um and and not only that commercial crossover appeal um but moreover the skill sets cross over really nicely so Mm. you know you could see the the arm wrestlers were interested in what the strong men were doing and the strong men were keeping an eye on what the brazilian jiu-jitsu guys were doing and and those everybody Mm. went to the ring in the cage at at the end of the night to see what those guys were doing because Everybody's interested, and probably the, like the meta idea there is everybody's interested in getting stronger and better, mm. and um, in whatever their chosen sport is, and and that was the one thing that's really shared amongst all of those things. Not only that, and really cool to watch, mm. you know, when presented really well, all of those, and I think that's probably it for commercial appeal um, and to retain the attention of people. Um, you can't just have reruns of the 1987 Grand Final um, and, and, uh, you know, and naturally expect people are going to watch. But you've got to put on a a spectacle, you've got to put on a a show and and that's why it's so interesting that you've kind of identified as maybe even subconsciously that putting on a show is more important than necessarily winning a medal or or getting an award or an accolade. Mm. You know, that's the... Really, where the the attention, the accolades, and the future lies, mm. um, especially when maybe the physicality isn't what at a world class level. Mm. You know, you can continue to do what you're doing in performance arts now for another thirty years. You know, and uh, look, and saying about the the big networks and stuff like that is what we were just talking about. It is interesting you guys bring that up because it was in the in the nineties they had the Wheat Big series here in Australia and David Huxley. And um, Harry Mitchell were the two guys that started that. So we big strongman series was held at the Royal Sydney Show in Easter time every year. They had a massive budget. They got the guys to come over from Europe and everything like that. But the way this started out was it's a really funny story. So David and Harry 
Harry, very much like yourself, he was our MC for all the shows. Every Tartan Warriors show, Harry was our MC. Singer, beautiful voice, just radio announcer himself. It was he was just lovely to listen to, talk and could talk and and. David was the strong man who was, you know, very well spoken, you know, athletic background. I think it was javelin and discus in Europe. They went to um, Packer at the time. So everyone obviously knows old man Packer, <laughs> big dude, you know, money to just burn left, right, and center. They've gone to him and said, look, we want to do a series at the Sydney show with this backing of Wheatbix, and we want your television show too. Did you say uh, wheat beaks? <laughs> yeah. Let's get it happening, boys. That, that was literally almost how when he sat down, you know, smoking, everything like that. Our TV, yeah, totally. Our TV ratings are this much. You have two weeks to get the TV ratings to this much. I'm cancelling it. Thank you very much. And they're like, okay. Yeah. And they've walked out and they, they gave him Daryl Eastlake as their um, oh, TV. Darryl, yeah, Daryl Daryl Eastlake. Yeah. I think I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. Um, you know, he was the, he was doing their um, television side of things. So they gave it, and I think they were running it like a 7.2. 7. The first week of the Strongman show went at 8.5. Wow. And wow. ran 8 point, like mid-8s their whole way through until it was finished in the early 90s. Mm. So their budget was huge. They had like a multi-million dollar budget. They'd fly the guys over from Europe, five-star hotels here, whatever oh, wow. they wanted, bust them around Sydney. Rec- that's where the record breakers started here in Australia was with the Wheat Big Series. They went out, they pulled the trains, they went out to the mining and they pulled a mining truck. They pulled... Epic. They pulled... I would um, love to do this. Yeah, they did every, so cool. everything that... I've done or or wanted to do has already been done by these guys, right? Like they already did everything before I even had a thought of doing it. Well, you've got to get a big keg and do it. Yeah. You know, they they pulled a B double across Sydney Harbour Bridge. They oh, pulled, wow. yeah, they've done like anything you can think of is what they've already done. So it just took someone or it took two guys that just had the balls to sit down and go, you know what, we're going to put the offer on the table. They would have come with a very big, you know, write up of this is what we want to do and this is what we need. And just go out and do it. And then, you know, the chips are going to fall one way or another. Yes or no. Mm. No, so it happens. So is, is, that how is that how it, it just began? depends what type of chips are. To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let you know if they're Pringles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that how or casino began? chips, whatever. Yeah, I think it's just related to casino chips, but yeah. <laughs> so all those years ago, is that how it began for you as a as a young man over your bowl of wheat bix, watching the telly in the morning, seeing you <laughs> eating the wheat bix, baby, in the wheat bix, watching the strong men, thinking they could be me one day. <laughs> in that voice, is it just gonna? Yeah. I, had the, the, I had the Kerry the, Packer voice. Could be me one day. Got to get the moustache happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at six years old, I was yeah, yeah. up on each side. You know what? I, I don't imagine that's how you spoke at six years yeah. old as well. <laughs> yeah, I will already. Terrible yeah. smoker's cough. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I reckon I remember watching Strong Men in the early 2000s on um, Channel 9. Wide World of Sports? Yeah, Wide World of Sports. Ah. That's when I kind of remember. Wide World of Sports. That's just. Fourth man, everybody. Five dollars cold hard cash. <laughs> Don't get me started. Oh, and where's Wild World of Sports? Where's that type yeah, of stuff exactly, on television? Yeah, yeah. That's just what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Stuff like that. There were so many Nobody different things on Nobody wants to host there. a TV program for nine hours. Ray Martin will do it. Chapel had to recover it to tire. I was about to say, yeah. Who do you get to take over those roles? Who takes Ray Martin's role now? Who on television could do a Ray Martin? Eddie, what's his name? From He hosts everything on Channel Eddie Maguire. Maguire. I don't know. He's off saying stupid shit, so I don't think he's going to get it anymore. Has he? I've been following He's been in trouble. Or he's been cancelled a few times. He said some naughty things. Oh, did he? I feel like he's not the type of man to do that stuff anymore. I feel uh, like there's got to be a next generation of person. Yeah, there's got to be another one. Oh. Maybe I'm someone with a filmography background now. or something like well, that. Yeah, you yeah. know, I like, could do nine hours of yeah, uh, yeah. all sorts of Icelandic <laughs> sports and. <laughs> <laughs> why Why are the Europeans... Does this even know what Wide World of Sports was? Yeah, Channel 9, wasn't it? Channel yeah. 9, yeah, Channel I, 9. I don't know the logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was on whenever the cricket wasn't on. Yeah, some boxing, some old boxing. Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be like what Costa Zood's days and stuff like that. Jeff Fennick. I've watched Jeff Fennick. I've been filming replays You watched the Jeff Fennick rematch from three months earlier like it just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put wrestling, like American wrestling on there. And Daryl Lee Slake would be excited. Yeah, he was yeah. very oh. red as a tomato. Yeah, in my mind, I've just got twelfth man. Going yeah, I've got like I've, really, I've got like fifty of those crazy <laughs> so names, like ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, but, but why? Why? But, but I think podcasting may have t- uh, 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 may have filled that vacuum. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, we should start oh, a podcast for now. We should do a today. podcast. Yeah, we should do. That would be a good idea. Like a daily a yeah, podcast on daily. What, Channel Nine. Or? We could do it daily, but do it once a week. <laughs> just get six months of them done in one day and yeah, then yeah, just yeah. spread them out over yeah. a that's period right. of time. We've got 14 episodes out of this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is the Icelandic and the Europeans dominant forces in strongman? Is it cultural? Yes. Genetically superior? Yes. Is it mm. what they eat? <laughs> is it Weepix? Uh, is it Weepix? And we is it Weepix? <laughs> <laughs> they are tougher, they are harder than we are. Sorry. Why? Why? Why they're is like, this? No, they're, they're they're like, they're you know, because we merely adopted the dark, but they were different. <laughs> I, I put that in so many of my Instagram videos. Oh, yeah, that song, I love, I love that. Honestly, you you great. put it like this, Thank plain you. and simple. I'll be here all yeah, that's all right. No, that's great. <laughs> you go through World War One. You go through World War Two. They didn't in Iceland. They didn't do much up there. What was going on? It was too cold. I was about to say. Then there's. I was about to say. Then it was cold as buggery for the rest of the time. But let's be honest, people in Europe. It went through two world wars. They dealt with things a lot tougher than we did. Yeah, but Italians so, did as well, and Italians aren't featuring very well in strongman. <laughs> but we did win the 100 meter men's sprint yeah, I was about at to the say, Tokyo let, Olympics, let, and let, I'm uh-huh. so proud. Let's really not forget what yeah, Italian, Italian won the running contest. Okay. Really? Yeah. The most famous you know running contest in the no, world, no, no, my, unfortunately. My favourite thing, no, I've got to say, this is my favourite thing. So I got adopted by a beautiful Kiwi family when I was in New Zealand on my Aww. training camp. Yes, mm-hmm. it was great. Nice. And then at one point, we're talking about Italy, or, you know, I think, and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. Like Italy won the the men's 100 meter sprint at the Tokyo Olympics this year, and my my host mum or my Kiwi mother goes, "Oh well, who else was in the competition?" New Zealand wasn't in it. If New Zealand wasn't there, fuck it, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So that was really what funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Well, Jamaica was in it, okay?" It was the best in the world. It was the best in the world. <laughs> there couldn't have been anyone else there. It was the best in the yeah. goddamn world. I that was so well, fun. did they play cricket as well? 
Yeah. Was it rugby? Was it rugby? Can't be much of a country then. Yeah. <laughs> but it is cultural, though. It's a, it's, you start early in that sport. It, you've got the availability. You've got the the access to the coaching, to the facilities, the finance to, too. Uh, and let's be honest here. The so, dr- is strongman an actual sport, like a, a league sport? Yeah, in you've those got in, nations, in, in so. Europe. You've got strongman's champion league. You've got um, world's ultimate strongman, which is run out of Dubai. Then you've got Giants Live, which is really based out of London. Just, again, getting back to the whole Australia is isolated. If you were a promoter running a competition and there was two strongmen looking to do a competition, one was from Australia, one was from Germany, and you're in England. They're both the same level. They both do the exact same results, but one costs two and a half grand to get there and back, and the other one costs 500 bucks. Which one are you getting? The one called Magnuson. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the one from Germany. You know, yeah. like... Yeah. One of the European name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got to know he's huge. Yeah, right? that's right, yeah. Your, your, your money is, is it's just cheap. You can jump on a train and get from one place to another. Mm. To fly out someone from here is just more expensive. If you talk about strongman, if you talk about sport in general, in strength sports maybe, or just sports in general, you go over to those countries, the money's better... You've got more competition. You just fly from one country to another. Let's say you're doing bobsled for Winter Olympics, right? Let's say you're doing for, that. For instance, let's say for instance, you might. bobsled, right? For instance, canoeing bobsled. Every 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 country in Europe basically has a bobsled team. Word. Whatever sport that is, they this podcast they has have, one. They have multiple tracks there too. Hundred percent. Like versus Ow. here. You okay, man? I've heard. Just getting into the I mean, right there. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to so compete at the now. next Olympics. Now. An injury. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the money's better. The time's better. You've got more competition over there. The competition's less here. Um, and to be honest, the drug use is better there than here as well. Yeah. Um, the state, mu- the state fund, the, the booster shots, the state vitamin S. Talking about marijuana. Vitamin S. You know, absolutely. Vitamin S is so much easier over there. I don't think there is a vitamin S. There's there's definitely uh, some some type of vitamin S supplementation. You know. You look at you look at the next Olympics, right? And yeah. then the Olympics after weightlifting's been kicked out of LA Olympics, or it's going and to boxing be. is on the on the chopping really. Block. And sorry, but how come boxing is on the chopping block when skateboarding and not not even skateboarding, sorry, skateboarding, okay, uh, uh. but break dancing yeah. over boxing, and which golf, is a traditional a sport. Anyway, yeah. sorry to go on. Did you did we boxing cop? The thing yeah. is though, did boxing cop as many drug bans as weightlifting has? Mm-hmm. No, That's the reason why we're being. We've got corruption. Oh. So you guys have corruption, <laughs> and yeah. we have like Drugs. stupid amount of drug use. Kind of <laughs> so there's yeah. the two biggest things that are going to be uh, the the falling point because I wonder, one would have thought for the Olympic Committee, both of those things would have been completely appropriate. Well, yeah, oh, that's absolutely. A, yeah. An Olympics run properly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why Russia was banned. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those things because if you actually look at the weightlifting competition at Paris, right? They've got weight classes. They've dropped them back to like four. So you've got like, yeah. Maybe I should do weightlifting at Paris. Yeah. But the problem's mm. going to be you've got four weightlifting yeah. classes. Your weight yeah. class might be a spread from what's your body weight? 75. So you might be in the 75 kilo class that goes to like 94. Like, so oh, you're competing in three. Go to 73. So yeah, <laughs> you'd want to cut weight. So yeah, that's the problem. I, I'm actually 74. I'm yeah. finally <laughs> shredding. Did I say 75? Years, I so meant 74. Uh, after years of trying, yeah. I'm proud to say I've finally gone down to 74 after the 100. Oh, no, sorry, 70k walk wow. run. It happened after Mickey that. Rourke, Just, yeah. yeah, I lost two kilos and I've kept it off. Wow. Have, you, have you got a, like a music festival to go to or something? <laughs> <laughs> Shredded for stereos or what? 
<laughs> I'm shredding for weightlifting at You've got to put the singlet in the back pocket so that they know that you originally did have a singlet, but you're just yeah, choosing true. not to wear it. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of vitamin S should help you at the music festival. Absolutely. Sure. So tell me, what are the weight classes? The weight classes are... <laughs> this is getting off the charts. Let, let's just say, air I, I on? It is on. It's That's a lie. It's hot, yeah. It's what is hot. it? You have it on heater mode? Yeah, it's on heat. It feels like I, a, I'm going to be honest, yeah. I've been sweating over here the whole time. You're sweating when you yeah. turned up. Well, I'm just, just a big guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> breathing is difficult over Do here right now. Do we have right a now. fan? I'm just asking yeah. for myself. Well, it, it is on. It doesn't work very effectively, That's but it okay. is on and it's on I maximum. I don't believe you that it's on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to excuse myself from this podcast. Let me check <laughs> it's an air conditioning check uh, moment. We're having yeah. an air conditioning check. Uh, yeah. Um, what was your best – like if, if – uh, a specific thing in strongman that you were like, this is my thing. I'm awesome at this thing. Um, would be like yoke walk or anything carrying heavy across my shoulders or whatever the hell that was yelled in the background. Mm. Um, you know, anything where it was heavy in carries um, or stones, anything for speed. Yeah. Anything statically heavy. I just wasn't big enough. I was just not strong enough. These guys were just so much bigger and stronger. Deadlift and real heavy press and stuff like that. They were just, the guys were too big and too strong. Like mm-hmm. it just, yeah, like 140 body weight or 145 is just, it's not big enough to be really like. Um, what, do, what do you think you'd need to be at your height in order to be competitive? Like on, top on, three on the, body weight on, on the uh, vitamin S regime. Mm. On the vitamin, on the I feel like. On the creatine. Some on the more, ivermectin. On the ivermectin, I feel like <laughs> on some, the kitchen sink, <laughs> uh, lined up on the kitchen sink. <laughs> I feel like one fifty-five, one sixty. What's uh, Brian Shaw? He's like six eight or something. Isn't yeah, he? Brian's like six eight and like two hundred kilos. He, he can do that. Yeah. He he claimed he was at at like two o five or something, but I know he was like two twenty at one con. Wow. That's humongous. That's yeah, two hundred two twenties. What like for like seventy five pounds, like proper like humongous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, a, every a every ancient culture has a, a, a seemingly a, a period of the giants, a, an epoch or an era of the giants. Yeah. Like whether it's yeah. Australian indigenous culture, yeah. um, Sami culture, um, it, it seems to it, it permeate through uh, human consciousness. Mm. And I just wonder if they weren't just like giant Icelandic strong men. Yes. Um, because like, if you <laughs> had like, 50 of those dudes turn up, you fuck, that's oh, yeah. the giants. That's yeah. what the gods, that, 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 that's yeah. what they've seen. It's no different to like when I, I remember when I first started, one of the guys, he's like, you don't know who's out there doing things that you could never believe. Mm. Go out into the middle of Canada and the wood chopping regions and you'll see some mm bear of a dude just knocking down a tree and then carrying it off. That's, <laughs> that's never, you know, has never lifted a weight in his life. But you, you literally... your coach just to, as inspiration? <laughs> well, yeah, or just a way for me to go, oh, maybe guess my life isn't that good anyway. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, a, it's a, it's a wake up. straight after a PB. Well, yeah. you know, there's a guy. In- <laughs> <laughs> What's the old saying? There's a girl in China, like, warming up with your maximum. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, it's the truth. And she's a swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> that was and always... she used to be a man. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the old tuck away. That's what she started by or the thing. Wow. But, you know, it, it is one of those things where. So, so how are trans athletes going in strongman? 
Just oh, is, is that a thing? Yeah. That can't be a thing. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine it would would be. Do. Yeah, okay. yeah, I wouldn't imagine that would be a sport just chosen. A strong wait, woman wait, I just want to say in case that's ever taken out of context in 10 years' time when I have a career in the media. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to say was they should have a separate category. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we'll, we'll cover it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think that's good. I'll cut that anyway. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My response is going to be no comment. Uh, oh, wow. Is, but is, uh, it, is there anyone doing it, though? Is there a trans athlete that's competing in the women's? No, not that I know of. They're just going to sports that they know they can win against girls then. <laughs> For the most part. Well, there is all that no, weightlifter. Traditionally. The Kiwi, the Kiwi weightlifter. As a rule. We did a yeah. yeah, we yeah. did a podcast with some friends of mine in Sydney. We actually got a lady named Deb Lovely who was a... Uh, weightlifting champion for Australia. She's probably a, she's probably one of our best female weightlifters of all time. Did like three Olympics. Wow. She was shot put champ as well, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. She's retired now. She coaches cool. and we sat down. We we made this podcast solely about uh, trans mm-hmm. and what she thought as a a genetically born female mm-hmm. competing against her. She had some really really cool aspects to look at and she's actually probably something for this podcast that may be something that you would want to chat to because she brings she's a lawyer as well so she also brings the the legal side of things in but she also brings the both aspects of a female coach a female athlete what it's like to be in that situation where you are competing with someone but also the aspect of the way she uh, would feel as the athlete that is the transgender athlete the thought process of that person as well, mm. the pressure on them as well. So there's, you know, multiple different levels and attitudes and, you know, it was very eye-opening for me because I guess for me I looked at it from the point of view that, you know, I don't believe that uh, a transgender athlete should be competing with female athletes. I believe they should have their own class. If that is the way the world is going to go about it, that's absolutely fine. If that's the way it needs to be done, that's the way it needs to be done. The Olympic Committee needs to grow a set of testicles <laughs> and go out and actually do it and yeah. do it properly. Don't half-ass it like they did at the last Olympics and yeah. just go... Oh shit! Oh, uh, let's just do it now. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're good, and yep. it, it builds up this massive uh, resentment for mm. both sides. Yeah, well, not just the athlete in question, but resentment to the athletes who are competing in the genetically class that they were put in. Mm. You know, there's I there's a good that they uh, nominated for. Yeah, mm. yeah, right. So, it, it, and then you also have the there's a clip online of um, the questions asked after the competition. The three winners, gold, silver, and bronze, had a uh, interview with the press. And they asked about mm. her, and and they just didn't answer the question. They weren't mm. interested, and they said, "This has got nothing to do with why we're here." Yeah, you know. So there's so many different aspects, and maybe Deb, someone that I can get you guys in contact with, and you do a Zoom one with her because she is so good. She's done multiple different sports. She's an elite level athlete, mm. a great coach, but also someone that can speak on it better than me. I can only speak on it from the point of view as a coach of athletes, female and male but also my personal opinions on the situation, but I don't think in this sense that they're totally justified because it's not my competition, it's not my class. Um, you know, if it was involving the men's super heavyweight category where I competed and, and I did my time, I could then speak on it more, mm. um, but it doesn't. So I tend to go down the avenue of maybe you should chat to someone who's lived it, breathed it, and yeah. understands it better than any of us really could. But as a 140-kilo as a man um, and amongst the strongest men in the world uh, claiming that perhaps you needed to put on another 40 kilos is it genetically possible for a woman to be 200 kilos and to compete at that level 
Again, uh, it's something for me to speak on. I can't, in the sense of that, like I'm not a doctor and I can't, I can't sort of speak on that side of things. You know, it's it's one of those things where it might be, it it, might it, be possible. It, I want to see it. it yeah. It's one of those things it, where you just well, don't know until it happens. Right? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to see the dude that loses. <laughs> I'm going to be on the side. There was a girl last year who deadlifted 300 kilos. In wow, England. that's incredible. Wow. You know, and legit, 100 percent female. Well, yeah. that's going to trump 90% of the guys oh, in any gym 100%. anywhere in the world. So, you know, it's one of those things where there's genetic freaks that come out of <laughs> nowhere. And the, you know what? The biggest thing growing up as a kid was the goal, the goal was to always outlift what the biggest girl could lift, right? So, mm. like, as a, as a male lifter, you're like, okay, if the, the biggest lift on a female is this much as a snatch, this much as a clean and jerk, mm. that's your goal to outlift them. For a period of time, I did outlift the heaviest that a, a female lifter had done until one of the Russian athletes, she came out and then just trounced me and everything. And I'm like, wow. ah, you know, and this is what I mean. Like genetics. Sounds like the perfect woman. Well, she's, um, <laughs> ah, mate. You got their name and number right um, for Dave. You know, <laughs> she'll definitely do something to you. Mate. <laughs> but that just shows her genetics. Like yeah. it, it, she's lifting more than most guys, like most lifting guys. Dudes, yeah. Just tells you that there's a level of genetics that, She's just got that far excess of anyone else. What do you yeah. think of? And I really hate this. It's the bench, <laughs> the bench press, the uh, the way that they're setting records and stuff with that humongous arch in the back, and then the girls that are setting records that are, ba- are literally they're that. literally back bending. I onto hate watching it, that because and they're moving the weight about bench. an inch, and it's like, how is that? That's not a bench. Yeah, and everyone's that like, oh my god, this is amazing, and I'm like, bitch, please. Yeah. Different federations, different rules. Some federations will make What do you think, Jordan Steffens? What's your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no, no fence sitting. No, don't you like my fence sitting on every I, question? No, here I we go. <laughs> I've got you, a question. My, yeah. Would you count that as a bit? If I did that in front of you and said, mate, I can do 100 kilos, like 100 whatever, 80 kilos, so look at this, and then I would <laughs> you'd be like, that is if, bullshit. If you did that in a competition let, or in the gym? In, or wherever. Let, let, let's say if you say it was you and me in the gym and I go, okay, I can lift so more than you. you and me in the this? gym, no rules, no federation. Jimbro rules. Jimbro rules. Yeah, Jimbro yeah, rules. Yeah. Jimbro rules. <laughs> if it was Jimbro rules, you only have to move it that far with nothing <laughs> happening and it's a lift. Partial rip. Yeah, partial rip. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. if I saw it in the gym as a coach – um, I would be asking for the athlete to get themselves in a better position to use uh, a different technique. Yeah. But if they were getting ready for a competition, the federation allowed it. Right. I'd be fine with it. Wow. Because the federation so you allows for that skill well, in what? that federation. If That's you what guys you're going could, there. okay, if you, you guys you're going could, there for the skill of getting, if you guys could do it, would you do it? No. If you if you could do it to set a world record and get paid, no. would you do it? I, you wouldn't do it. Anything for the money. I wouldn't. I, I, yeah. Well, I would <laughs> this say, is what I mean. Like these well, guys are getting paid. Would you yeah. do it if well, you had the it, ability? It's different between I, having not in that. It's a difference between having a quantifiable. Say so. Part of the reason for competition is so that you've got a quantifiable benchmark for what might represent. Uh, uh, the, the the standards of strength mm-hmm. that that uh, everybody else is to, to aspire to, mm-hmm. and so within that there's a fairly rigid framework, and that what that is is a skill set. So, for instance, the skill set associated with doing an Olympic lift would be different to the skill set associated with holding a ballerina or a gymnast mm-hmm. on the end of your hand. Um, both require strength, but it's a different. It's a very specialized. It's a skill set. So the rules permit for a skill set to yep. go from here to there. If that's what the rules say, that's the rules, and that's what everybody. That's yeah. the game. That's the skill. Yeah. yeah. 
but that skill's not necessarily transferring into maximum bench in terms of what a, a gym bro would count mm. as a... Because that's like me turning around and going, okay, you've seen an athlete do a snatch, the bar goes straight over the head into a bottom position, they catch and stand up. So you're, what you're saying is, that would I allow someone who can squat lower into that catch position versus someone that can't squat as low? Mm. Is that fair to the person that can't squat as low because their genetics won't allow them to do that? No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get it. Like the, in terms of the rules they've set up, mm. that that. But it, it's sort of like they set the rules, and then people looked at the rules and said, "How can I? How can I maximize my? Or how can I manipulate the rules?" That's to why my you go benefit. to a federation that doesn't allow that, right? So there's different feds with different rules. Some feds will say you have to have feet flat on the ground. Some will say you have to have your butt on the ground. Some mm-hmm. say you can't use knee wraps. Some. Say, it's like the guys that do a WPO World Powerlifting Organization, mm-hmm. where they wear like the ten ply suits and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they they squat and the, the goal is their hamstring has to reach parallel, not the hip crease and the knee. So they, some of these guys got hamstrings so big, it looks like they just seriously, <laughs> it looks like they go like, eh, yeah, and there's a squat. And Same type of thing, right. but the federation allows it. If you yeah. don't like that and you hate that, that's fine. Go to another federation. And do, do you think any of these things are done in experimentation to see what might be um, more appealing market be uh, what's more marketable what mm. what what's more appealing what's more uh, how do we, how do we get more growth in the sport mm. and you, you would imagine at some level these are all efforts to do that mm-hmm. Mm. yeah well, i think from from the you've got to look at your audience feedback as well mm. like if you're like if you see any of those videos online mm. and somebody's doing that half an inch rep and mm. it's a world record or whatever and <laughs> You look at the feedback of yeah, that. It's I just like that. everyone's yeah. like but that. But then every, everybody has the chance to be able to practice yeah. that it, it particular is. lift. Whoever's as well. got the genetics, whoever's got If it's do super it. easy, go yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should go you do that. I get so much money. Yeah. So. You just need an arch back rather than a strong chest, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and it's one of those things, yeah, personally, yeah, well, I'd rather, like, I look back at guys like Doug Young, who was a powerlifter back in the 70s and 80s who would do a bench press like you'd never seen. So he'd set up with a very small arch he'd take out. It would be start. Press rack, and it was so slow at like a hundred k body weight, like a two seventy bench, raw, no suit, no nothing, like a real, like you look at him, he drive trains, like you look at him and go, oh man, you're a man's man, like yeah. you look at him and go, like that's what he does. Mm. Um, that type of strict stuff is what would appeal to a lot of the people, but then again, the next generation of people just want to see the biggest weights that they ever have. Mm. Yeah, it and feels like to me with that, it just feels like they just manipulated the rules. Of course, and they're going to keep doing that. It's like when powerlifters turn to strong men, you go, "Why do you use straps while you deadlift?" Mm. You know, your grip can't handle it. Like most of the top powerlifters in the nineties and two thousands turn around and go, "Well, they deadlifted like four sixty without straps, and they always knew they could do more if they wore straps in comp, but they never got the opportunity. Now mm. they're retired. Mm. If they had the opportunities that they have now." They probably would have pulled more than that. Andy Bolton, who was the first man to pull a thousand, reckons the only reason why he didn't pull more than a thousand is because his grip couldn't hold on anymore. Yeah. The weight was just too heavy in his hands. Strap up, he probably would have pulled like 470, 480, Jeez. like years before anyone else pulled it. Yeah. But that's just uh, the what's that? The beauty of hindsight, right? Like mm. you look at it now, but you know, then it, it all goes back to like people's thoughts on what they think is going to be better for viewing and stuff like mm. that. But I'm going to be a real pest. I'm going to have to nick off and start coaching. Ah, no, I'm going to be up off of Mount Barker in 25 minutes. All right. Okay, so we'll, we'll wrap it up by saying uh, what's planned for 2022? 
What's been for 2022 is a longer podcast with you guys. <laughs> I, I, honestly, like, this is one of those things where I feel like I could just keep chatting to you guys forever. Like, it's one of those things where it's, I, I just love coming here and chatting. Like, it's just so, so cool. So, I definitely, I'm going to be back on here again before 2022 is out. Fringe got, show, fringe show. You guys are coming to the fringe the show. Fringe show again. I was about to say, you guys need to come to the fringe show and maybe do a podcast of the fringe. <laughs> we'll, do oh, we'll do a live thing. Or, or do a fuck as you're yeah, doing I'll your interview you could do, I'll you interview people. You could do a vlog yeah. in the fringe show. So yeah, what did you think of Jordan's performance? Out of ten, the first question is going to be is who's Jordan, and you're going to be walking out of the popcorn shop at midnight. <laughs> you know, so look, get the fringe out of the way. Um, you know, have fun, just enjoy it, get through it, get through every, get through the rest of the the bullshit the world is throwing at us, and you know, try and support my athletes the best I can. That That's the other big thing is coaching and just supporting the guys and girls I coach. Um, and then, yeah, maybe have a have a look towards the end of the year if my body's in decent shape at another world record before the end of the year's out. But again, like I said... In what kind of world record would I'm you not sure. One inch bench press. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think my, arch him back. my poor old back would not allow me to do that. I get, I get a small arch and I'm like, oh, that's just nasty. There's going to be a category for arch back for strong man, like, which would be about here. <laughs> Good news is we've got massive bellies. Yeah. So the distance is nothing. You but rebound it off. Yeah, like 100%. A trampoline, yeah. You know, get, get through the year in one piece and like I said... Um, Hopefully do maybe like so one more world record, but just get the fringe done first. That's first and foremost and survive that. Fringe um, world um, record. Thank you for getting something, Biggie. Oh, yes. That'll be after fringe. That could be a good line in for me. So this one has been wanting to do a train pull sometime this hey, year. Will. So um, once uh, the fringe is done and I can have a chat to the guys up at, uh, at Steam Ranger, mm. hopefully they will let us have a crack with uh, maybe one of their diesel locomotives or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my girls pulled a um, an oil tank wow. a few years back. That's awesome. So, that, so, fucking so cool. that was just the oil tank, like the rail cart with the big oil tank on the back. It's really cool. But uh, maybe a train will be the next one. So maybe one of the diesel yeah. locos or something like that. We'll have a crack at something like that, hopefully, this awesome. year, which will be That's nice. This yeah. one's just going to keep on my case and make sure I don't. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do. Good, Good. to know. Absolutely. But, <laughs> yeah. And then see you guys more often. And then Apex. I don't know yeah. what's going on with that oh, this Oh, what year. is happening with Apex? Well, yeah. it's coming up. Um, March the 12th. So yeah. March the 12th is the proposed date, but in this era of COVID you can never be too confident mm. but uh, that's uh, that's the what we're, what we're mm. hoping for so um, which would be fantastic so everybody yeah. can hop along and see a whole range of stuff they can see uh, you down there and of course you'll be have, have your consort of uh, very very strong men <laughs> picking up things and throwing things around absolutely the, uh, yes. Jordan with a bear and a little car going around I think it's <laughs> what... I'm buying a little car <laughs> a little pink thing and just driving around there, I reckon yeah Barbie one that'd be great alright Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you very much for joining us once again on another episode of the Daily Combat Podcast. I think we've drunk more alcohol than we ever have before on the podcast, and I think the podcast was better for it. Certainly Matthew Colley was. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan B. Stephens. Thank you, guys. All right, right. guys, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Daily Combat Podcast. Special thanks also go out to our main sponsor, Real Estate Agents Group. This company is growing to become one of South Australia's largest independent real estate groups. With their board of directors with over 100 years of collective real estate industry experience, 
Real is for real people by real people. Check them out on Facebook under Real Estate Agents Group or visit their website urbanandruralsales.com.au. The Daily Combat Podcast is proudly brought to you by Dave Stockbridge, Isabella Rossitano and Hollywood Matt Connolly. Make sure to give us a five-star review as this helps us to continue to promote combat sports in Australia and around the world. You can find out more information about the podcast at dailycombatnews.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms with full video episodes available on YouTube. Just search The Daily Combat Podcast. Thank you again for listening from all of us here at The Daily Combat Podcast team.